Hello and welcome to another episode of Sorry You're In My Seat, a weekly podcast that unites two best friends on a quest to find the greatest movies of all time. My name's Aaron and each week I have the pleasure of talking movies and films to my best buddy James. Hello there. And this week's no exception as we roll into another episode of Sorry You're In My Seat, this week asking the question, what is the worst casting in cinema history? My God, mate, we could be here for days, but like as always, we've got our own personal opinions. You've got your own personal opinions. You listen to us, you get in touch, you tell us yours, we'll find a medium in the middle. I mean, the plan of the podcast has always been to get it wrong. Yes, definitely. And, but, but spark conversation in people that listen. So they may have conversations with their own groups of friends, commuters, workers, colleagues, whatever it may be, the nan. I yes, don't know. exactly. The nan is a big listener. And they say, I listen to this podcast, these two clowns, James and Aaron, were talking about X, Y, Z. They got it completely wrong. This is the real answer, nan. And then she's like, you show them, tiger. Yeah, you write in. You email. And that's what we're asking you to do. Please write in. We love your opinions. We love your opinions so much. We want to talk about them on the podcast. But it's all about inspiring movie conversation. Because in a time when people aren't going to the cinemas, but they are streaming at homes, let's talk about film. That luscious, that gateway to the imagination that is film the thing that we love the thing that gets us together each and every week james we're going to talk about some of the worst casting choices in in history some of that just spring to mind some films that have been ruined by poor casting or characters actors that are well established just in ridiculous roles mate i've got so many i i did a top 10 but then the rest i think i've got like nine others i've got lots i'm uh, uh, yes <laughs> I've got lots, lots. <laughs> lots to got dissect lots. as well as any other movie topic news or reviews I've seen a film I want to kick off with if I may you may and then I'll have some news for you which I'm very sad about but may lead to an episode in the future I think I already know what that is is it Michael Caine retiring it's Michael Caine retiring and it's just like it's a very sad thing it's Mr Britain who's been with us for like five decades we love Michael Caine in this country he will do bad films like Jaws 4 and we will still accept him mm. he, he he was open and honest it paid for my mum's kitchen he said have you seen in an interview years later they said have you ever seen Jaws 4 he says no but I've seen the kitchen it paid exactly. for exactly so we, we love him he's Mr Brin you know he's come out with his latest film and he's just <laughs> turned around and went you know what I'm wiping my hands I'm going to enjoy retirement and you sir Sir Michael Caine, never forget, but a sir on that. Sir Michael Caine. We yeah. love you and we will dedicate some time to you. We'll probably get the fans involved. What's your favourite Michael Caine memory? Was he the best Alfred? He wasn't, but that's not a bad thing. Anyway, no, it, uh, it's Michael Gove. Michael Gove probably was. But, he probably was. But, I mean, I'd, I'll let you down, Master Bruce. I do, I do love him. He's heartbreaking. And Michael Caine, you know, is very sad to see you go by the same time. Well earned. You go off, sir. Mm. You enjoy the night. He's, but not he's the like, dark night, yeah, I mean, the normal night. <laughs> he's, <laughs> like, he's like, I'm retiring. Everyone's like, why? Well, I'm 90. He's um, like, get the fuck. You know, like, it's like when everyone was like, Where's, why is Anthony Hopkins not at the Oscars? Because he's like fucking 87. Because <laughs> he's, he's fucking bed. <laughs> like, like, yeah, because, yeah, he's an old man. Also, he's Anthony Hopkins. Like, Anthony Hopkins doesn't waste his time going, wonder where Catherine's... He doesn't give a shit. <laughs> where I am in my life, I think, fucking hell, 65's a long way to retire. 50, 67, 68 probably by the time I actually get there. I mean, he's fucking nice. Michael Caine's like well beyond that. Let him, yeah. let him rest. Let him he's rest. He's done enough. He is enough. He is. He's enough. He's enough. Um, week two of me asking, have you seen Bob yet? Uh, no, no, yeah. I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, we're gonna, we're gonna, we're gonna get it. We're gonna rent it. We just haven't had a child-free evening when. We're going to put yeah, the fire on. We're going to get some popcorn. There's we're going to watch Barbie. You're going to turn into a vent. That's great. So you haven't seen Barbie, but we know from last week you've seen Source X. What, what, what are you seeing? What are you opening up? What are you seeing instead of Barbie this week? So I'm going to ask you some questions. <laughs> you fucking... Do you like me. Adam Driver? If you've seen the film 65, I don't want to be friends with you. <laughs> because you like... I've, I've seen the film 65. I like Adam Driver. I like dinosaurs. I don't like the film 65. <laughs> I think we Which I don't understand. Is it set in the future or is it set in the fucking past? I don't know. Well, it's definitely the past, given the end of the film spoilers, which we'll get to. Sorry. 65, if you haven't <laughs> seen it. Adam, Adam Driver, take a bow. Plays, um, plays Mills and... <laughs> The film I've, starts I've off. I've seen this film. Is it called After Earth? No, <laughs> no, no. This is this is Earth. After Earth had a storyline. <laughs> so Adam Driver plays Mills, and Mills has a daughter who's poorly. The film starts. They're on a beach, not on Earth though. They're not the, on Earth. Just by the landscape, by the sky scene, they're not on Earth. Although they do look human, and they are breathing what I can only imagine is oxy oxygen. Oh, so the human. And they then. are speaking English. <laughs> so the human. But they're not. On Earth. They're not on Earth. It's very important. And he's saying, I have to go away for a while. I have oh. to go do this. And it's going to pay for your treatment. She's poorly. Cut forward. He is a pilot in hypersleep. 
on a long mission in this spaceship that all of a sudden hits an asteroid belt and takes damage. You James, you have your hand up. I have a question. question. Is this a remake of the film Passengers? Because it so far sounds very similar. I've, I've seen this film before, right? Well, he wakes up from his cryo sleep. Oh. As the plane hurtles down to an uncharted planet, he's the only survivor. At least he thinks he's the only survivor and the onboard computer tells him when he crash lands and he's landed on Earth. What? Not Earth modern day. There's no skyscrapers. There's no... You know, holiday homes and Tom Cruise and this, that, and the other. There's no pandemics. No. There's no. Where's the nearest 60, Starbucks? <laughs> he's landed 65 million years ago. Dinosaurs, James. What? Dinosaurs. And there is where our movie lies. He's not the only survivor on it. There's a young girl, someone who's not native to, to his own uh, language, someone he has a communication barrier with, but he sees it that he has to get this little girl home. James, you have another question. Is it a substitute for his daughter who's not there? Yes, James. This film has layers. This film has layers on the on the on the on the surface. It's a survival movie. They have to get from A to B. They have to get to the other part of the ship where there is an escape pod that will get them off world and picked up and to safety. But to get there, they need to cross terrain and dinosaurs. And he has to uh, look after a little girl who's the same age as his daughter because he's a dad. Yes, James, you got your hand up for another question. What's the plot of After Earth? <laughs> Fuck knows, man. I watched that film and I wasn't paying attention. I remember Will Smith, Will Smith being very, very um, uh, uh, un, unemotional towards his son, which I don't blame him. I'm well not sure acted. if that was acted or if that was genuine because that was his genuine son in that movie. And that was one of the M. Night, uh, M. Night Shyamalan stains. And there's been a few stains. So, so what, do you, what do you think of 65? So 65... Clear to me, sixty-five is the studio saying to Adam Driver, "You've you've had enough fun with your indie movies and your marriage stories, and you you know, give us another Star Wars, give us a give us you shooting something." Oh yeah, you know, none of this last jewel, none of that. Oh no, no, don't want to you know, think. No thinking. No, no, I, I, you know, Adam Driver, you are a good-looking man, very charismatic, good actor. We need you in a franchise, please. We need you in a. In a uh, leave your brain at the door kind of action movie, please. Then you can do three more of your indie films. Yes, yes, yes. And that to me is what this film is. It's like Adam, like Adam uh, Driver's manager is like, you can't keep doing these weird films. You've got to. We you... get that you're artistic, <laughs> but it's got to be free for you and one for us. Uh, I, I like the idea that is definitely, definitely is that the studio definitely had too much money. It was like we need to burn millions of pounds I, as I, soon as possible. I, yeah, I mean, look, the selling point is 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 tough. It's you know, crash. Okay, you crash landed on Earth, not modern day, sixty-five million years ago. Fucking didn't see that coming. Yeah. Um, I like dinosaurs. I like Adam Driver. I like space guns. I, you know, I like all the things. It just the problem is it just didn't tick any boxes is because I think you're right. I think for me, it has this backstory that's completely unnecessary to try to try and give the film depth. Like, <laughs> like it doesn't need it. It's ninety minutes. It is ninety minutes. Score sixty-five. It, yeah, it just needs to be Adam Driver getting from A to B shooting dinosaurs. And when it's got this backstory and it's got this survival element and this kind of overcoming, um, you know, he feels like he's let his own daughter down so he has to save this daughter. That's fine. That's okay. So there's a bit of an arc to that character and there's a bit of backstory. But it it just doesn't go anywhere. And what you want to see is Adam Driver shooting a T-Rex in the face a load of times. I'm quite impressed at how they make dinosaurs very uninteresting. For someone who finds dinosaurs amazing. And that's it. That's the other point is the dinosaurs that are in it. And yeah, there are a few T-Rexes. But then there's a lot of like you see list dinosaurs. There's a lot of dinosaurs like, that I'm fairly sure don't exist. Yeah, you're like, where's, where's the Triceratops? You know, where's the, where's the Brachiosaurus? Let, let's see, him, show me a Diplodocus or an Ankylosaurus, James. Oh, oh. You know, Stegosaurus. I want to see any of them big hits. Love it when you get paleontology on Oh, mate. Honestly, I could be here all day. Pterodactyls, you see a few of them, I'll give it that. And that's fine. <laughs> Film's obviously uh, also got Ariana Greenblatt in it, who plays Koa, who's the, the girl that he's trying to transport again. Excellent performances. Alan Driver is great. He, he is, is brilliant. Yeah. And and actually, the one thing I did take away from this is, even in a movie like this, Adam Driver is brilliant. He's very, very good in this film. He he got the assignment. He knew what this film was. You know, I didn't see him promote it much. Again, I think it's that's why I think it's like one for you, you know, free for me kind of thing. <laughs> um, I, but, I I like. I, I think I respect that. Like he, he like he obviously has a passion for the indie project. He obviously does. He loves going to him. He always performs well. And then he's like, well, I need to Michael Caine it. I need a kitchen. Well, I need no, to make I, a lot of I, money. I think it's probably because Adam Driver's got something in the pipe work where the studio's like, so a great scenario is, is Ray Fiennes. Ray hmm. Fiennes is this guy. 
Ray Fiennes, there's two Ray Fiennes. There's Ray Fiennes who's going for the Oscar. And there's Ralph Fiennes trying to kill Fiennes, a child. Yeah, there's Ray Fiennes in a, in a film where you're like, why are you in this kid's movie? It, it, you know, it's... it's I, I think with Adam Driver, he's probably got a film in the pipeline that he's going to produce or he's going to ah, direct. Right, yeah. And the studio's like, yes, but you're giving us this one first. Fair enough. And that happens quite a lot. I mean, you know, there's a lot of vocal, a lot of actors now are vocal about this. Look, Emily Blunt was like this. Emily Blunt was in, uh, what was it, Gulliver's Travels, the one with Jack Black. Studio, studio made her in that film. It was yeah. like, you have to go in that film. I can't remember what film it is that they gave her. And then they were like, but if we oh, give you that, you are doing this film. I hope it was worth it. Edge of Tomorrow, she's badass in Edge of Tomorrow. Yeah, I can't remember what it was. But so studios, they're not akin to that. You know, there's a script floating around. They need someone to lead it. Adam Driver's good. I mean, Adam Driver is... To me, you know, the selling point was Adam Driver versus Dinosaurs. He can hold his own on a green screen, which is difficult. I think a lot of a lot of actors, I think, um, maybe not so. And, and you know, it does look great. In certain scenes, it looks lavish. It looks expensive. Um, you know, it just didn't land it for me, unfortunately. And then there's a twist where you're like, as if it wasn't bad enough that he's on Earth. Of all the days you could have landed on Earth, what are what the odds? What are the odds? <laughs> and I was like, okay, now there's this element to it that it doesn't need. It doesn't need this, like... This next bit. Um, but hey-ho, it, it's 90 minutes. It's a bit of fun. It's not meant to be anything more than that, even though it does have this backstory. But it, it's just a 90-minute Adam Driver movie. So for that, I liked it. And there's nothing wrong with that. It's okay. It's all right. Yeah. To me, it's, it's, it's when I saw it, I was like, it's a bit bland. But you know what? Sometimes you need bland. You need pla- a palate cleanser. I, I, I went... I went dark, mate. Mm. You know in Amazon where you go past the suggested? You click on a film and it says, people who like this film liked this. You go on there. Oh, you I've pick gone a film. There, mate. You gone. then go in there and see what the people who like that liked. You're five steps down and you don't know how, but you've got to a film that's got two names. In this country, it's called Steel Country. And in America, it's called A Dark Place. Why did I pick on it? Well, I see a rugged Andrew Scott. I like me and Andrew Scott, mate. Yeah, yeah. <clears throat> this film that's set in America, but produced by British people. Mm. A good British film set in America. Andrew Scott plays Donald Del- Devlin. He's an autistic man who's a uh, garbage man. And well, you talked about this last week, didn't you? No, we talked about it when we were going to NFL. Oh, we talked. So, yeah, we, so we, we have talked spoken about, about, about it. We haven't talked about it on the podcast. Right. So he is here, and he's uh, driving around, and a child goes missing on his route, and is, is found dead, and he suspects foul play. Everything about Devlin is, is is very hard. He has a child. He had a one night stand with a woman. He, in his mind, has said that. They're in love, but they can't be together. So he's always trying to win the affections of the mother. And she's not interested, but she's nice. She's nice. It's just a one-off thing. It happened. I got pregnant. You know, you have, we have a child. Mm. That's it. She wants to move on with her life. He gets obsessed with this. He wants to know what happens to the child. He starts interviewing the mum. He stops the route. He's garbage right in the middle of the day to go and offer his condolences. He starts rooting around the trash. He finds bits and pieces. Maybe there's a sinister play here. Who killed the child? Did Was the child even murdered? Found in a puddle face down. Could have been an accident. Everyone says it was an accident. Coroner says it was an accident. Doctor says it was an, uh, an accident. Chief of police says it was an accident. But the mother, my boy, wouldn't drown. He wouldn't drown. He's he, got arms. He's he got push himself. He's up. got gills. Mate. Yeah. <laughs> There's a shocker. Kevin Costa child. And he basically is actually at parts a very short film, ninety minutes. But it, it does enough to get you interested in like the amateur cop. Like he's like this guy knows you're trash. He knows everything about you. He'll root through it. He knows your secrets because you throw your secrets away, but he finds them and he knows everything. But what stops it being a good film <laughs> is that everyone treats him like a joke, but they answer his questions. <laughs> like They answer his questions fast. Like He shows up and he's like, why did you hide this? And instead of telling him to go fuck himself because he's a garbage man, I go, because I don't want my wife to find out. <laughs> he would tell, mate, the greatest detective the world has never known is Andrew Scott on this hunt for a child killer who may or may not actually exist. And I just think it, it's based on a book, and I haven't read the book, but it crosses the line into, without going into too many spoilers, it makes it definite, halfway through, it definitely happened. And it's, it's the story that could have been a different story if they played the middle. Maybe it's on his head. Maybe he's fantasised about it. Maybe it's because, you know, that's what he does. He's bored in his job. Maybe it's too. Maybe he's created this fantasy where he's the only one hunting the killer. No, he is actually. You're told. Oh no, there is a killer. He's the <laughs> only one that's it. It strips away the mystery and it strips away any like. There's no red herrings because he's got a superpower. Mate. He's, I will give up the fucking storyline. And this is how he gets it at the end. Right, ten minutes to go, and you're like, oh, maybe it was in his head. Maybe this film is a brilliant double take. Maybe it's fantastic. No, he finds a piece of paper that says, "No, I killed him." <laughs> <laughs> In the trash. 
<laughs> so well, that's good. where his skill set is. <laughs> and I gotta admit, I love seeing Andrew Scott as the main role. I love Andrew Scott. Yeah, I think I, yeah. I think his turn as the and I think Benedict Cumberbatch is one of the best performances ever as the world's greatest detective Sherlock Holmes. Only ma- only bettered by probably Andrew Scott playing Moriarty, his equal and better. And then him popping up in like he's do you remember him in the Bond films as well? He's like shit kicker. Like, oh, you just want to be him. You don't like him because he's the smarmy one. And then mm. even better when he's like the priest, he's great romantic comedy lead, but kind of an arsehole in Fleabag. Fleabag. Or even 1917 where he's at the beginning and he's like, your, your funeral, see ya. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah he's, he's brilliant. I do think he is on the cusp of greatness. And I like Andrew Driver, Adam Driver, he's got it. Andrew Scott is a big deal and soon he'll explode. He'll be Mr. Byrne. They'll stick him in Marvel. He'll be marvellous. Apparently be- he's phenomenal on the West End. Oh, yeah, are you can, on the stage, yeah. he is, he's untouchable. And I like that's what I do. Let's cut his teeth. I want him to get hold of a big film and, and mm. launch him into the stratosphere. Because I think when I look at him, I think A-lister. Mm. I think you are the shit, mate. Not a shit, you are the shit. Think he's phenomenal. But this film, Jesus, whoever wrote this, they weren't they were not fucking about. They were paid they were not paid per minute. They were like, I'm gonna just write this as soon as possible. I'm going on holiday because you've paid me. There ain't nothing in this for me. Because they were like, shows up. I want to know this well this is it <laughs> move on next location he wants to know someone else I will tell you it, you mentioned it being based on the book and and I, I just very very quickly there's these series of books that I've read um, by Chris Carter not not the producer of the X-Files oh uh, yeah the uh, you made me read his book once and I kind of hate you for it right so <laughs> it's just dark so uh, <laughs> yeah he, he, these crime novels uh, by uh, you following a detective called Hunter um, as he takes on some of the, the most violent criminals in America. And um, I, I often talk about, like, re- I can read graphic, and, but I don't necessarily watch graphic stuff. And it yeah. just fascinates me because I was watching an interview with him the other day as an author, and he's saying, so he's wrote, I think, eight, nine books now uh, with a character. And his books aren't published in America. And everyone everyone in Europe and UK is like, When's there going to be a TV series of one of these books? Because these are like, the, you know, we need to see Hunter on the main screen as a oh, character. Yeah. Um, and he got a producer from America, was like, I want to make this into a TV show for a big late. And, and then he came back like a month later saying the studio won't green light <laughs> because they're too violent. America. And I thought, America. I thought America's <laughs> turning this down because it's too violent. But I was like, I watched Saw 10 last week. There's been 10 of them fucking things. And uh, and these books won't get made because they're too violent. Maybe they're not too violent for the mainstream. Like like, yeah, like Disney put it on. <laughs> mm. That's a well, shame. There's obviously there's um, HBO. There you go. Go HBO. So um yeah the, the, the other thing uh, Ahsoka's finished. You watch any Ahsoka? I, I was letting it finish before I started. Watching it, it. it was glorious. It's glorious. It, I see, really I know that you're it. a big fan, but I've heard people against it. What do they know? I, I, good point <laughs> I don't know them but it's, so good it's, point it, I mean of course there's always going to be um, criticism particularly with Star Wars it's one of the most controversial the fans are sometimes the most uh, opinionated out of anyone but I really liked Ahsoka I really liked the Rebels team on live action you know and, and, the, and the people that played you know the key roles Hera Ezra Sabine Ahsoka um, it's, it's great I, I really enjoyed it I think Mickelson as well as Thrawn. You know, it's it's a shame because obviously you know that character is not making it into the live action. Oh, yeah, into the, sorry into into the movie realm. But there's a, there's definitely more seasons in there. And and I forgot. Obviously, they mentioned him in they mentioned him in Mandalorian. So um, you know, in, in the last season of Mandalorian, when um, I forgot, it was Moff Gideon. Yeah, he goes to the uh, the Shadow Council, and they're like, Thrawn's He's like, oh, is Thrawn coming back in time soon? Do you know? And they're like, no, and. So, of course, they've been paving the way for the big bad. You know, bringing back stormtroopers, bringing back using dark magic, you know, and going into a new realm of Star Wars that we haven't seen yet. So that's a review I read. I read Andor loses your interest when it moves away from political and finance. And Ahsoka, you lose your interest when they move away from the magic realm that they've created. Like the two kind of like polar opposites of the Star Wars franchise that you can have. Mm. You have like a deep-seated political intrigue storyline. You also have one with wizards and shit. That's yeah, pretty but, cool. But then the, the, but then at the end of it, no, you know, hopefully not a spoiler, but they it comes back and they head to a planet called Dothamir, which if you like the animated show, Dothamir is where uh, the, the Night Sisters are, which are in this TV show, which are magic, which is where the likes of your Darth Maul's come from. Hmm. Um, so yeah, there's a whole world that they're, they're, they're kind of going into. They could retcon a lot of like the sequel trilogy um, 
you know, which was obviously a lot of that was about clones and stuff. But actually, this is now bringing in reanimation and zombie stormtroopers, which is a really cool scene. Zombie stormtroopers. Yeah. All right, I'm in. Because you, you got can't, me. If you can't, uh, if you can't finance or or create an army, raise an army. James is what the is what Thrawn's doing. So I think this side of Christmas, we're probably going to do a Star Wars extended universe where we're talking about the TV series. Maybe because I want you to watch Andor. So I'm going to watch. I know you're going to love it. So they're on my list. Andor, Ahsoka. I don't, do I have to finish Book of Boba Fett? I'll be honest, I did not like the Book of Boba Fett. I stopped it's halfway It's worth through. finishing it for oh, um, it. for the Mandalorian episodes because he comes back in it. Isn't that a sad state of affairs, though? It is, it is <laughs> but I got over it very quickly when he gets into a, when he gets into one of the Naboo fighters. And I'm like, fucking hell, they're pulling from Phantom Menace. <laughs> like, and they're making Phantom Menace look really cool right now. Um, yeah. You know, and... Uh, and it, and it brings in um, oh, what's his name Cad Bane at the end of it who's a, another um, Mate, animated I'm, villain yeah, um, yeah. so I, I would watch it the other thing is Loki started it has started again I'm waiting for them to build up because I, I think I always get confused because I thought it was quite universally liked but I think times changed and it's like it's audience is split on it 50-50 I thought it was pretty good I, I like series. Loki and I, I think when we reviewed the MCU stand, uh, TV shows What's I rated Loki quite high because yeah to me, I like Hiddleston. I like the Owen Wilson connection. I like this TVA storyline. I yeah. like the aesthetics of it. I liked how this world between worlds, this TVA, this looks like a bland government office. There's not. With like 60s technology, but also with extremely high. And I love the whole Wizard of Oz, you know, the person behind the curtain, and it was brave enough to take us there and show us it. I loved all of that about Loki. I'm, I, I, I don't want to turn this into an MCU type thing. But I will say that, oh, sorry, I apologize. Um, I will say that the world they've set up is very interesting. Like I recently watched, and I'm brought up because there's no need to, the, the third Spider-Man film, because I've always said that film's not good. You only love it because of nostalgia. Mm. If you watch it halfway through the film, it changes genres. <laughs> it goes like, oh, Aunt May's dead now, but there's two other Spider-Mans. Storyline can, can just die now, just dies. And then you have fun. So I was like, maybe I was, maybe I was too nice, maybe I was a bit too harsh. Anyway, it's really watching that possible the multiverse is something that comes up again <coughs> you've got this how it ends creates different multiverses you've even got Ant-Man which whilst crap it's villain is still pretty good you know John Majors is, uh, is Kang you know mm. I know we always celebrate the art not the artist and so I am slightly interested but not enough to actually care but the reason I mention it is you know Star Wars the extended universe yeah with Timothy Oliphant yeah and the actor who does all the voice names and uh, the guy who even they've got playing the Mandalorian. Yeah. The one thing you've got to say is John Favreau and Kevin. No, Kevin doesn't do the Star Wars, does he? They nail their casting. Dave Fellini and Dave uh, Fellini. yeah. Their John casting Favreau. is pretty spot on. I find it very difficult to come up with a casting choice in the in the latest Star Wars where I go, do you know what? That doesn't work. Wasn't even a big fan of Tommy Oliphant until that series where he shows up as like the sheriff in the yeah. the bounty. Um, so, I was like, he's pretty cool. Made me watch Justified. Loved him in Justified. So you know, so he to- comes he comes back in Book of Fat. Oh, then I'd watch it because yeah, I genuinely it, like that. Made me like Timothy Oliphant's career because I didn't even like him in Scream Two, which is the first film I saw him in. Mm. So what I'm saying is the casting pretty spot on on Star Wars. Yeah, because the, the extended universe. So there's a cat. There's a character a villain called Cad Bane comes into it. He's also like a Western six shooter blue like seen villain him. with red I've eyes. I've seen him, yeah. And again, he's kind of like the no-name face comes into town and everyone who's watched the extended like animated show is like, oh my God, it's Cabo. who's like in the in Clone Wars the animated show is like one of the first villains to come into it as a bounty hunter. Um, yeah, I, 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 think it's, I think it's on. What it's also doing is it's, it's what them shows are doing is putting big bandages on big gaps yeah. in the films and and things that you know we've you know like the massacre of the order 66 we're seeing so much more of it in the extended universe through flashbacks and characters like grogu surviving you know and um you know and and that's but that's what the animated show did as well in the animated movie do you want to watch the animated the series show, yeah that is the war you know and ahsoka's character in that is born into war he's 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 raised and taught in war and she's like i don't she doesn't know what a jedi is who keeps the peace she knows a jedi that's a warrior and so it gives you a different perspective um it's it's also making anakin look just incredible because you look at so he needs to make because he's he's turned into a big bitch he really has become the guy of star wars now like because obi-wan started it you know where there's that scene i love the the fight scene the brutal fight scene I love the bit where he gets Obi-Wan and drags him through fire and he's like, you're going to feel what I felt. But it's the scene when his mask is half cracked, which is the other half of the mask that Ahsoka cracks in the TV show, in okay. the anime show. 
little Easter egg. But, you know, that scene where he's like, you didn't create me, you didn't let me down. And he's like, I did this. And, and everyone needs to, that release. But Anakin's character needs that to become Darth Vader. And he used to say it out loud. He used to say it to his old master. And there's a moment... It's a bit of a spoiler territory. There's a moment... It is a spoiler territory, so right, I do so, apologise. So jump a minute? Two, 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 two minutes, minutes ahead. Something that was, I, I felt was massively overlooked in the Ahsoka series is there's a scene where she... Had, something happens to her and she goes to the war between worlds, i.e. she's on death's door. Anakin comes back to give her a final lesson because he was her ma master. Yeah. And the cinematography in this episode is phenomenal. Like there's all these explosions and when the fireworks go off, it's Darth Vader's silhouette, but then it comes back and it's Anakin. And you get Hayden Christensen playing Anakin in three different timelines. There's older Anakin, is the, you know, but also the Clone Wars Anakin, so you get to see him in his general outfit. And then the, kind of like the Order 66 Anakin. So yeah. you get to see the three different ones, different hairstyles, different looks. Um, he teaches Ahsoka... And then he's like, so you can now go back and fight or you can stay here. And she chooses to live. Thus finishing his arc that the one thing he wanted was to save life, be so powerful, he could prevent people from dying. Massively overlooked. I, I didn't see anyone on the internet being like, oh my God, he's done it. He's there. He, that's the thing he wanted. He wanted it for Padme, didn't get it. But he's now done it for Ahsoka. So he did it for Ahsoka, but not for those children that he fucked up. That's different. Yes. We, 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 you know, we, everyone's got a death. Right? Everyone's a, he's a bad day at the office. <laughs> everyone's slaughtered a few hundred kids. But that's my point. Like there, that that now, you know, and everyone's like kind of saying like, oh, Ahsoka gets a series, Obi-Wan gets a series. You start to realise how much of this is Anakin from obviously, obviously like Phantom Menace, but and then Darth Vader, but all these TV shows. And what it's doing is it's putting a massive wedge in the sequel trilogy because they have nothing to do with it. And they've got words like Skywalker in the title, Jedi in the title. But, they, they but it's lost everything to do with Anakin as that character and where he went. And and that So whereas the TV shows for me are really elevating the movies and characters and kind of Dave Fellini and Favreau are geniuses in what they're doing and kind of creating characters and patching things up they are really pushing out with a massive stick that sequel trilogy going like, that's something to do with us. We can't fix that shit. And it, it kind of is trying with this. And that's why I think Ahsoka is interesting because the Fawn character is coming back with this zombie army of st stormtroopers and they're talking about dark arts and cloning. And you can start to see actually that's where your Snoke's going to come from. And there's this online theory that Snoke is a, is a failed attempt at an Anakin clone. And, so they're starting to churn all of that. It's like, oh, fuck. if they do that, that's the impossible. If they do like the next season of The Mandalorian and it somehow makes the sequel trilogy all of a sudden look like it makes sense and then it's, you know, um, fits the rest of it, then, then fucking hell, they've, I don't know how they're going to do it. But they've certainly made the prequel trilogy with the help of the, the animated Clone Wars show the best Star Wars. And the original trilogy is amazing, don't get me wrong, but fucking them prequel trilogies now you know, with this character, Hayden Christensen, I'm fucking good on him. He's having the time of his life and good for it, you know. But in all of that, you've got Rogue One and you've got Andor, which is some of the best Star Wars you've, you'll ever see. So watch Andor is what I'm saying. <laughs> all right. <laughs> so what are we doing? <laughs> you watched Marry Me yet? <laughs> no, I haven't. No, no. It's on my list. Um... So I feel really bad now. We're going to talk about worst casting. <laughs> A name that's going to come Hayden up. And Hayden I know will come up <laughs> until you watch the other. But again, this is the thing. It, you could say the same for, what's his name, Lloyd, who played the kid. This is the thing with bad casting. Is it bad casting or is it... So Because you could say Ryan Reynolds as, as Green Lantern. But that, no, Ryan Reynolds as Green Lantern is great. The directing of that movie was terrible. But that's what I've tried to do. I've, I've tried to... My casting is they never fit into the role or they was never going to work. Your role doesn't suit the the actor, doesn't play to their strengths. You were always going to fail from the start is how I've gone for it in my list. So some of the ones that didn't make my top 10, I've got... Tom Hanks in The Lady Killers. Tom Hanks took a big role. You know, I say Tom Hanks doesn't do a good enough job. Mm. He doesn't work in The Lady Killers. He's not the suave, sophisticated con man who gets outsmarted by an elderly woman. He's not. He's a nice guy that you'd buy flowers from. So Tom Hanks in The Lady Killers doesn't work. Not in the top 10, but it doesn't work. I'm that's talking... Good, that's a good one. I, I, mean, I agree with that. I'm talking Russell Crowe in Les Mis. You can't sing, dickhead. Why are you in a musical? <laughs> and ironically, he's in a band. He's, he's actually very musical. But, but, um, but not in this film. <laughs> you could have had him in his Noah as well. But then you could argue everyone in Noah. Um, Idris Elba as a cat. 
Mate, I've just put all the cats in my list. I've just put everyone in. No, cats. I think James Corden. That's his level. <laughs> I, I think that's fine. Other ones, right? I, I also don't think it's fair for me to go at Denise Richards as a nuclear physicist. Never gonna work. Not her fault. But no. Yeah, she's on my list. As, Chris, as Christmas Jones. Chris would never forget. From so, the world is not enough. From the world is not enough. Robert and Carlyle, uh, villain one. Yeah. And and on that same on that same thing, Tara Reid isn't the world's greatest. You know anything. But in the film Alone in the Dark, where she plays, I swear to God, a museum curator, I've checked out. <laughs> I'm not involved. And the PDSD or the resistance, n- number one, but I'm not putting it on one because it's not fair. I don't think Michael Jordan was the right person to play Michael Jordan in Space Jam. <laughs> it didn't work. <laughs> I didn't believe that he was Michael Jordan, which is pretty impressive. He was Michael Jordan playing Michael Jordan. Not for me. But they, so, say that, they say that in the movie Chef, innit, about Gordon Ramsay playing Gordon Ramsay. So don't worry. And, and, it just, and he's the worst portrayal of Gordon Ramsay. But it is Gordon Ramsay. It is Gordon Ramsay. So, uh, so I've got a lot. I've got some other names there, but I, I don't think you've got this one. You know, Catwoman. Halle Berry, for example. Yeah. I haven't put Halle Berry because Halle Berry would be a good Catwoman if the storyline wasn't shit. Sharon Stone, on the other hand, as the villain, that's bullshit. Yeah, yeah. I have mean, you heard the storyline? She wears so much makeup, she can no longer feel pain and is bulletproof. Because Sharon Stone has worn so much makeup. That's how that, it works. That is the storyline of a film that someone that's, thought would be a good idea. That's 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 based on science, isn't it? <laughs> it's science. It's also that's, it's also someone's like got the feline powers of a cat. I'm, I'm just saying that maybe maybe instead of giving people bulletproof armor, we should just give like all our all our soldiers foundation, mate. A fuck ton of foundation. And number one, and I, I say this all the time, Elijah Wood. The idea of Elijah Wood. You know, when it's Chelsea versus West Ham, going out and biffing a guy up in a, biffing a guy. as a hooligan. Bearing in mind, he was most popular for taking a ring very slowly to Mordor. Mm. Wasteful. Elijah Wood, you'd go around his house and have a cup of tea. He wouldn't kick you in. He'd give you a biscuit. Well, Elijah Wood's an interesting one because obviously Sin City, very sinister. Very sinister, but perfectly cast. Yeah. So I suppose what we're here to interrogate is... You're right. Is it bad casting, or is it the, the execution and it's the it's the directing and the vision that let the person down? Because Halle Berry, you're right, would make an excellent Catwoman. Yeah. Interesting. What you say about Sharon Stone? Sharon Stone in Quick and the Dead, and in fact, Russell Crowe in Quick and the Dead, Gene Hackman in Quick and the Dead. You ever forget Quick and the Dead? Why is Quick and the Dead? Is it a good film? No, it's not very good. That <laughs> film. Sorry, I thought that's why you were going. That. Sorry. There's a bit. There's a bit in it, and I love it. There's a bit when. Um, there's a bit. There's a bit when. Uh, there's a shootout at noon. Shocker. And they're, and, they're all wait, and they're all in the town square waiting. And it's Gene Hatman lined up against someone else. And um, yeah, it's like a tournament of champions. Yeah, which like, doesn't make any sense. And, but okay. uh, and uh, they're all waiting for the clock to strike so they can shoot. And it, and it, and each with each movement of the clock handle, it goes to a different character who looks at the clock. And it's the worst montage you've ever seen of people does going... It, does it go for like 60... Does it go for a minute? You're just like, fucking hell. It's fucking terrible. I've got a question. How do you win? Do you, by killing the other person? By being the last man standing, yeah. So, so, so you win the prize if you're the last person standing. So in the final, if I, sh- if you and I are in it and I shot you five seconds before it clocked, you're still dead. <laughs> do, do I, do I still win, or is that murder? Or I think that would go down as murder. <laughs> Because it's, it's a gentleman's game, James. It's a gentleman's game. There's rules game. to the gentleman's game. I, I was trying to have this conversation with Esther. I, I brought it up. You know the purge? If you stole someone's identity on the day of the purge, mm. technically you're that person and you, and you live their life. Yeah, like, yeah. like to the day after, their family, you can wear their face <laughs> like to the dinner table. They have to accept I, it because still, you have technically stolen their identity on the day it was legal. So you're now that person. I still think there's an indie comedy, the day after the purge. Where it's the yeah. day after when they all go back to work. It's yeah, they're like, just like, Dave, can we just talk about... You, you tried to kill me last night. Yeah, yeah. You was, you was running around town naked with a pig's head. <laughs> yeah. Dave, yeah. you got issues? <laughs> Look, it's been a bad week. I didn't make my call. I just thought, fuck it, it's the purge. <laughs> um, I haven't put them in a list, in a like top 10 or anything. So some of these may cross over with yours. Yeah. going to go historical figures to begin with, and there's a few. Oh. Obviously, Colin Farrell is Alexander. It was... It was Angelina Jolene as a mother, well, where there's like three years difference. You know, if you weird. want your blonde-haired, blue-eyed, you know... Go Irishman. Go, 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 go Colin Farrell. <laughs> yeah, go Colin Farrell. Gibson is William Wallace. Oh, yeah, it's a, it's a heartbreaker, isn't it? And um, Kevin Costner's Robin Hood is probably the big one. I've got Kevin Costner's Robin Hood. So Kevin Costner's Robin Hood because Robin Hood does work, but Kevin Costner doesn't. No, Kevin Costner's... I, 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 haven't, I haven't bothered to watch the film in a while and I cannot remember if he even attempts an English accent. I, I might... believe at points he was contractually obligated to. So there's a case where he'll slip into, good day, Governor. Yeah, I'm not <laughs> I'm buying from it. Nottingham. Not buying it. Um, 
I, I yeah, and and I think that's also tops the list of um, villains that top the heroes because yeah, Alan Rickman is phenomenal as the sheriff of Nottingham. Um, I'm. This is going to come up a lot. We are going to drift into comic books. Yeah. So uh, after Kevin Costner, I agree with you is Robin Hood, which was a missed opportunity, a farce, a crack, a you done fucked up. <laughs> Hollywood. Well, I'm going to take you back in history, mate. Comic books weren't always what they were. Comic books were sometimes laughable, crazy. Sometimes villains with completely different opposing ideologies would get together to take on Bruce Wayne. This time... So the question is, are you are you saying it's Arnold Schwarzenegger? Are you saying Uma Thurman? Which one is your... Well, I'm just saying that a lot of people would say that as George Clooney as Batman might be the miscasting. And I say wrong. No, not at all. George Clooney was living the life of Batman. George Clooney was a bachelor at the time when he was cast. It was almost as if he was Bruce Wayne. I'm telling you now... Like if I was a doctor mm. and I was I was a doctor of protein. If I was if I was a doctor and I, I was infectious diseases, I was trying to save my wife, why would I take the time to not be spending time with that, build a lair in an ice cream factory, and then make all my minions sing a song? Why? Why why? I feel like not only did we could have got a Doctor Freeze, that made sense, but maybe honest was like I wasn't the person to do it. Yeah, yeah, Victor Freeze. Uh, Victor Freeze. As uh, Schwarzenegger was not good, was it? No, and it, also, I don't know about you, but we live in a world now where we're all about renewable energy. That's pretty good. Why create a suit that runs on diamonds? <laughs> it's one of the hardest materials to get. <laughs> it maybe, seem very economical, maybe, it? maybe make it run on water, you prick. You've got a lot of it. <laughs> I'm just saying. <laughs> there were so many more steps to get a diamond suit. Or, you know, anything else. I mean, that film is a hot mess anyway. You're right. Uma Thurman, you know, he could have been. He, he wants to turn it cold. She wants to make it tropical. Let's work together. <laughs> Let's about these two crazy cats get together. <laughs> Only the back card and bat nipples can save the day. Well, and for, for weird reason, Alicia Silverstone, why not? Yeah. <laughs> Come yeah. on in. I mean, you're right. I mean, you know, Clooney was a bachelor and, you know, he did have nipples. He I did, he he did have nipples. The, yeah. Fine for the role. I mean, yeah, I, I mean, they're obvious choices, aren't they? I think keeping it in comic book land, Topher Grace is Eddie Brock. I've got this, so I did list mine. Number two, you've just misplayed. Do you want someone that's completely opposite to Peter Parker? You want a devilish ass? It's not very often I'll say this, mate, but Dominic Purcell would have been a perfect casting. A muscular man who doesn't act that well. He would have been a better casting to Topher Grace, who is who's kind of like, right, so if Venom is, is if Eddie Brock is kind of like, right, so let, sorry, I'm going to rewind. I think great casting of Eddie Brock now. The world we live in where it is, obviously, Tom Hardy is actually very good casting. I think that's pretty good. You know, he's the right kind of attitude, the right size. Topher Grace, instead of being like a lion, is like an irritating fly that won't fuck off. And there is nothing magical about that. It is... It is the fly at the barbecue that is on your drink, then on your ice cream, and then in your face. It will not leave. Topher Grace, no. Topher Grace, I get, I get as being the the opposite to Toby Maguire. I, I get that. I get in stature and size, in age, in in kind of like boyish charm. I, I think Topher Grace and 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 Toby Maguire that time of life. I I can see why the studio would pitch them up. But that is a studio that didn't understand that character. And bear in mind, you know, as we as we talked about, Sam Raimi was wanted Vulture, wanted no end of villains in that last one. Yeah. Um He didn't want Venom, did he? They no, wanted Venom. They, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um and obviously it was all leading to Lizards, you know, which which never happened. But um We we got it in the end. <laughs> yeah. It's a shame, isn't it? But toe for grace. Yeah. Do you, do you want to go next or do you want me to keep uh, going I, and see if they come on your list? I, I I'm just gonna hit you with one now, because I don't think it's major list, and the, the other one I've got might. <sighs> Being an African-American person growing up is very difficult. You know, nowadays you do have heroes that you can aspire to be. You've got people, you know, who played Black Panther. Black Panther was amazing. People forget in the 90s, you had Shaq playing Steel. He was your first... Shaq, the basketball player, was seen as your idol to play Steel in a second-rate <coughs> DC film that no one remembers. I've said that and you're now thinking of, I made that up. He exists. Shaq exists. I could have picked any number. Shaq also plays a wizard. In another film, yeah, I could did, have yeah, also yeah. made the list. I'm just telling you now. Shaq a genie, is, a genie, actually, James. I apologise. I'm know. sorry. You're right. I will hang my head in shame because I forgot in the film Shazam. Bet you didn't know. I think I knew the name. <laughs> you played a genie, not a wizard. Yeah, 
you know, the world's, the world's come a long way since that. And, and, and I think, you know, you could get cancelled for that nowadays. You can. Misclassify, misclassifying <laughs> wizard. The, the wizard for a genie. I apologise. You're right. I hang my I head. You do apologise formally to all the genies. I'm sorry, all the genies that I called Shaq a wizard in the film Shazam when he's quite clearly a genie. And not, also, not Shazam as well. Not, also, not, not the Zachary Levy movie, which is quite. Oh, odd. yeah, yeah. Also, also, I'd like to point out that in this film, he uh, raps. Yeah. <laughs> Move on. Yeah. Do you, know how they, do you know how they make Shaq try and seem cool in this? His mentor is the actor that played Shaft. <laughs> He's such a fucking dog. Oh my God, you'll never guess who the villain is. It's George Hirsch. I'm not joking. It's fucking George Hirsch. He did have a career after The Breakfast Club. <laughs> he did. You tickle me interested. <laughs> it's a terrible film. I talked last week about uh, John Wick 4 not being overly blown away by it. Yeah. Um and, and feeling like it was fun, but still the weaker of the four movies. <laughs> well, take a bow. Is Jonathan, um, is it Jonathan Harto in Bram Stoker's Dracula? Oh, so that we've laughed at quite a lot. In, in, uh, whoa, in, <laughs> you want me to go where, mate? Agreed, agreed. I, I feel like that his niceness, he's he's Hollywood conundrum because we like him, he gets a pass. He's not, and calm down, he's not a good actor, he's all right. I mean, I, I, would when argue, he sticks I would to his... argue Speed is an is a Oscar-worthy yeah, performance. It... Megan, they slapped you in the face. <laughs> no, I said Speed, not Speed 2. Um, yeah, that, I mean, I, but I've right. never been a fan of Bram Stoker's. I mean, that that, that Dracula movie, that, um, you know, the the the, uh, the Coppola movie, because, I mean... He's got no place I, in I like. <laughs> I mean, I want to really like it because Tom Waits is in it. But even, even Gary Oldman, to be fair, I'm, still, I'm not blown away. <laughs> he wouldn't make my top five vampire. I'm going to tell you a film that I think has got the most perfect casting in it and the worst casting in the world. When we go to shared universes, I think the idea of Russell Crowe playing Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde is phenomenal. I think, wow, that would work. I don't know what Tom Cruise's role in this film is, and it doesn't work. Not only because his character doesn't work, as in he, he himself, Tom Cruise, is too big for the small role that's needed in The Mummy, which is a secondary character. He, he's too big. He, he dwarfs The Mummy which is weird. Mm. If we had hired Joe Nobody, it might have worked. It might have worked. It was Tom Cruise being so big and Tom Cruise-like that the film, instead of The Mummy, should have been called The Tom Cruise. <laughs> yeah, which is really weird, saying that I did like Bram Stoker's Dracula in the 90s. I didn't, I'm not saying I liked The Mummy, but I didn't I didn't latch onto the hate that it got. Because, I think, and I yeah. think that's because I really wanted the dark universe. Yeah. But I wanted the Universal Monsters back on the big screen. And I still think it'll happen. I think I think it, every 10 years, they're going to try and resurface. I don't think they'll lead with the mummy in the next one. I, I think they'll pick any one of the other, you know, uh, creatures that they could go with. And I hope they go with one of the obscure ones first. Yeah, no, I think, it'd be nice. I think um, that's proven that, you know, Iron Man wasn't the thing and it helped launch the MCU. Mm. It wasn't, everyone forgets now, it's one of the most popular. Iron Man wasn't that popular, but it's the one that Marvel owned the rights to. So they went with that, kickstarted their universe. Happy days. I'll, I'll keep us on Tom Cruise because Tom Cruise, Jack Reach is another one. Ah, uh, yeah. And I'm going to jump on the bandwagon of a lot of people, you know, particularly those that have read the Lee Charles books. Six foot five and a bag of shit. I mean, just massive. And, yeah. and and I think what's really done it is because now that we've got the Adam, uh, Amazon TV show. Oh, that's perfect casting. It's Alan uh, Richson, isn't it? He yeah. plays in now. And he is. That's Jack Reacher. Yeah. Which, which, Shows you how ridiculous. So if anyone didn't doesn't know the Lee Child books and didn't jump on that, I you know anyone who watches the animation uh, the the Amazon show would be like, oh shit, that guy. Oh yeah, I get it now. I get how big that guy's meant to be. Right, we've got two for the next one. Please bear with me. I mentioned it a lot at the start when you talked about sixty five. Got two here. Will Smith as Cipher Rage because Will Smith, as we know, is a very charismatic man. Boundly, funny, entertaining, energetic. Cypher Rage is none of those things. He's like a boring man with a lobotomy. Second one, Jaden Smith as a human being. <laughs> <laughs> Don't believe it. Any other casting, it might have worked. We'll never know. But Cypher Rage, which let's be honest, is the dumbest fucking name in the world. Will Smith is weirdly too charismatic for the role that requires nothing. Mm. I'm going to take, people are going to have a go at me now. Do you know what would have been perfect for this? Keanu Reeves. <laughs> And anything, anyone else has to play his son. Anything. I, 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 yeah, it's easy to jump on the Jaden Smith like hate wagon. But it, he makes it easy. so easy. Yeah, because there's a lot of interviews where he's like, I, I don't know why why water is like 
not, why it's not accessible to everyone. And then he brings out a water, which is like three pound a carton. <laughs> it's like, what's going on? I, I don't promote violence, but he should get the shit kicked out of him. <laughs> yeah. Um, I, I probably, yeah, let's not condone violence, but he, he's, he's, I mean, <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's not, but yeah. Look, look, luckily he's not, he's not in any movies anytime soon. So, um, Jai Courtney in just about anything, but certainly, certainly Carl Reese in Terminator Genesis. I mean, do you remember when you watched Michael Biehn? <laughs> It's Carl Reese, and you was like, God, I hope Jack Courtney oh, I, I, plays that role. Or, do you know who's like a good Michael Bean? The guy who played Captain Kangaroo. <laughs> That'd be awesome, wouldn't it? Oh, yeah. I do. That's a good shout. I never even thought about it. He, he's, do you know what I like about him? It's like, he's a puppy. Like, he tries. Mm. Like, he came back knowing that he was going to get killed off in the Suicide Squad remake recall yeah, d- because he was hated. Yeah. Like, but at least he... He put his heart into it. I didn't it. actually hate him as Captain Boomerang in... in um, was Captain, wasn't I? Yeah, that's what he's he not Captain Kangaroo. <laughs> right, sorry, yeah. Maybe I should apologise. Right, apologise <laughs> to Australians now, James. <laughs> um, yeah, I didn't hate him as, as I seriously asked God. You know, I, I, that's what it was. I liked that he came back to get killed off. Um, like like a lot of characters did, actually, in that, you know. <sighs> Got Robert De Niro in Bad Grandpa. I mean, it's an obvious one, isn't it? It is an obvious one, but I feel like I feel like it hurts his legacy. You can say the same with Al Pacino, Dick Tracy. You can say Rocky and Bullwinkle. They're all perfect films. What are you on about? Yeah. The idea of Bad Grandpa, him trying to fuck Audrey Plaza, though, upsets me. Now, I feel like, I don't, don't have a go, John Lithgow could have made it work. Like, John Lithgow could, would have been yeah, fine actually, in this role. Yeah, yeah. For, for Robert De Niro, no. Yeah, or even weirdly, Jack Nicholson. Jack Nicholson, perfect. Like, I assume that's what he does. Like, Jack Nicholson, yes. But it's Robert De Niro. It's like... Anyone else? Like, genuinely, when I was watching, I was thinking John Lithgow could make this watchable. Mm. Robert didn't know, you can't. I tell you, Alan Arkin would have done it. Alan, I would have actually loved that film. That film would yeah. have been 10 Oscars. on 10. Um, J.K. Simmons. J.K. Simmons. He, <laughs> no. too, he's too good for it. <laughs> he doesn't need it. Um, Jesse Eisenberg is Lex Luthor. Got it. It's the next time on my list. Jesse Eisenberg. He, uh, do you know what? I'm going to respect I'm gonna respect Zack Schneider because he didn't want... He didn't want bold Gene Hackman. He didn't want one of the best actors. He wanted, you can't follow him. So who's the opposite of Gene Hackman? You're pretty shit. Mm. But the character would have worked. Like the tech genius. It's the overplaying. It's the molesting. Do you remember the sweet that he froze in Holly Hunter's mouth? How dare you touch Holly Hunter, by the way? How <laughs> fucking dare you? You scumbag. And then piss in a jar. Do you know what I think about Superman's main nemesis? Yeah, piss in a jar. Mm. And then blow someone up. Someone necessary. But I feel like the character could have worked if it had been, I don't know, someone who wasn't, Jesse Eisenberg. My next was Denise Richards, but we've already covered off for Christmas. Yeah, it's a shame with Denise Richards because I don't think she... It's not her fault. Do you turn down the option of a, of a paid job? Being a Bond girl. Yeah, but it obviously she has gone down as the worst. Um, I've heard that they're really great in the uh, extended universe, but uh, when I see Hayden Christensen playing Darth Vader or Anakin Skywalker, I'm going to pull out my own eye so I don't have to see the abomination that's on the screen. Now, apparently he does get better, but not when I saw him in episodes two and three. He was a terrible choice. And a, a role that is so pivotal to a lot of people's generational viewing, there's, someone could have done a much better job. He was not good. I'm sorry. I know we disagree on this. Hayden Christensen, you owe me like 15 quid, mate, because I paid to see you at the cinema. I, I think I think you, you're right. I mean, and, and of course I'm going to jump on this as a Star Wars defender. That the problem with it is, is that we'll never know because it was George Lucas ruining those films. That's true, yeah. And, and the other thing is as well is in the 90, no, in, yeah, going into the 2000s, sorry, who else would have done it? Do you know what I mean? Yeah. And And... You know, you've you look at the second one in particular. You've got you've got Christopher Lee doing an awesome job as Dooku, mm. who again in the animated series is the big bad, you know, awesome character. You've got animated Yoda when you should have had puppets. Do you know what I mean? And and do you, of, did, how did anyone come out of them films of, looking good? Of this list, this is the one where I think it's hard because I don't know anyone who can make that. I don't like sand; it's coarse and gets everywhere make it believable. Mm. So that makes me think, well, maybe it isn't bad casting, maybe it's poor writing, but someone must have been able to do a better job. But but then also, also, how do you go from Sweet Boy in the first movie, pod racing and doing all that stuff, to fucking genocidal maniac, Starkiller? Do you know what I mean? Like, it it was never going to do it in two films. I feel like like there's someone screaming right now who would have been the perfect age. They're going, obviously it's, Blah. Mm. And they're like, and then as soon as we hear it, we go, of course, blah. Yeah, Elijah Wood. 
I'll tell you someone uh, who who had to step into big shoes as well, and I'm and I'm not sure whether um, the film it's the film that lets this person down. I know that the person has let himself down time and time again on the uh, you know in in private life. So as a man, no, and oh. that you know you look at Indiana Jones, one of the the best characters of all time, mm-hmm. and then you cast his son as Shia LaBeouf. Yeah, it's not going to work, is it? No. I'll never forget. And I don't know forget. I don't know why they tried they spent so long going, don't play your son. Mm. <laughs> don't play your son. Definitely. Because that was, as the audience, we were shocked when that thing that we all knew was gonna happen yeah. happened. We're like, Yep. Yeah. yeah. That was the shock. Indiana Jones, the most like horny archaeologist <laughs> professor he, you've mean, ever met. I mean, he does things with his students. <laughs> what? Um, I completely agree with you. <sighs> I don't think it's his fault. He was the wrong cast. I think if this film wasn't called what it was and wasn't based on this character that we love, it would have been fine. And it really hurts when there's a casting choice that's better than the one that you think. I'm sorry, Tom Holland, but you're not Nathan Drake. And in the film Uncharted, you weren't my Drake. You weren't anyone's Drake. You were too young. And it doesn't help that Nathan Fillion was Nathan Drake, was there, was ready to be cast, had done a short film which showed he was going to be a perfect Mm. Nathan Drake. And also Mark Wahlberg didn't work either, but I feel like Mark Wahlberg... You know, he gets enough shit. I thought once we could put it at Tom Holland's door. So I, I mean, I said I didn't write a list, or, or that, but that was going to be my big number one. Yeah. That was going to be the big. If I had done a list, yes, Tom Holland as Nathan Drake is the ultimate bad casting. He is bad casting, and that's the problem. Is when you've got a ready-made person that the, that everyone wants to mm. see, it's hard when you go against time. Yeah, and it's never going to work. Um, how many more you got? I got two. So I'm going to rattle off the rest of mine to see if they're any of your two. Yeah, okay. So my next one was Jay Gyllenhaal and Prince Persia. No, but that wasn't. film is riddled with issues anyway. Yeah, I was going to say you're going to come across a lot of white casting because uh, the, obviously the beast one from a few years ago was Scarlett Johansson playing an Asian character in uh, Ghost, Ghost in the Shell. Yeah, I haven't seen it though. I, I have. Yeah, I, I've heard it was a bad film, so I was like, well, I'll just stay away. <laughs> Then I'll avoid the controversy. Um, you've you, Liv Tyler and Armageddon just purely because I, there's nothing that makes me think that's Bruce Willis's daughter. There's, there's nothing that makes me think she should be in this film. I, I, I said this the other week and I still say it now. The end of that movie is kind of like Bruce Willis going, you get Liv Tyler now. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Like- it's essentially him like, like instead of giving the patch to like Ben Affleck to give to... Billy Bob Thorne it's like he gave her a Uno reverse card yeah. <laughs> it's like your problem <laughs> but, but, but like that film should have ended when it when when like when again it's a, it's a Ben Affleck problem but you know get, get, when he's like he's look after my daughter it, like it should have it should have been Ben Affleck going Harry for the last time I don't need your approval she's a grown woman I'm a grown man we're in love what the fuck is wrong with you even on an asteroid you're still being the overprotective parent. Uh, <laughs> but he said he's like, I fucking love you, Harry. It's like... I like the fact that he says that. He goes, he goes, look after my daughter. And he goes, no, fuck you. Let me go out. <laughs> and he really fucking comes back out. He's like, we'll both die. Um, who have I got next? Um, I, I, I can't remember his name. It's, is it? Oh. You're about to say the what? You're about to say it. Is it Dana Del- no, Devlin? No, oh, no. no Dehan. Dana Dehan. No, no. Yeah. What? In Valerian? Yeah. No, no, or, or or Green Goblin or whatever. Hobgoblin. No, no, I've got it. I've spoilers. I've got Dana Dehalin and Cara Devalin and Valerian and the City of Thousand Planets. Is that by casting? Is that just because the, the romance like, that he created? No, I feel like it's because because when he says it, because they look so alike, it's kind of like a weird brother sister. I want a humpy vibe. Whereas whereas if it was, I don't know, if it was Michael Shannon, a fucking Sharon Stone, I wouldn't. Mm. I mean, it wouldn't be as weird. Like he's like, oh, at least you're not trying to fuck his sister. <laughs> <laughs> or be really weird it's weird his casting's weird I think that film could work it's actually really good I think the it's the fucking weird choices they are mm. not right he's supposed to be a suave captain he comes across as an irritating prick no I was, I was gonna go with I think it's is it David Free, uh, David Furker who oh, was yeah. in Harry Potter played Lu, Lupin Loomis he played the werewolf one didn't he yeah but yeah. then it was Ares he's an Ares in God of War which which I get it I get the reveal of the British politician being it's, the villain yeah he's it's the, not supposed big, to be but, but at the end I was just like seriously that's that's who's going up against Wonder Woman okay that's fine that's a really good shout fine. I really like that one Oscar Isaac's Apocalypse oh mate I was on my list yes um, do you know what that should have worked as well should've someone, yeah. someone should have done about it yeah Tom Cruise's Valkyrie do you remember that movie 
I can't. Well, he's like, Nazis are evil. Buy these ones. <laughs> these are the good Nazis. You're allowed to like these. <laughs> <laughs> these, tra- these these knew they were wrong. Yeah, so um, they, uh, yeah. And, and uh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Matthew McConaughey in Dark Tower links to a previous uh, Jack Reacher, Tom Cruise thing. Yeah. Everyone was going on about like... Um, Idris Elba in Dark Tower. I mean, Dark Tower is a fucking dreadful movie. To anyone who likes the books, Esther saw it. Esther saw it the other day. It's like, should we watch this? It's like you, you can watch it on your own. <laughs> oh God, it's awful. But and McConaughey's trying his best to have fun with it. But again, I think that character is so big and so important and needs films to unravel the Randall Flagg character. Do you know what's really painful about that is on paper they should work. Idris Elba as a cowboy, like that goes through time and protects. I'll be honest, I don't really remember the storyline that much. But there was such a cool storyline. Idris Elba's a when he's not being a cat's arsehole, he's fine. It, it could have worked. It should have worked. It didn't work. Um, Kelsey Grammer, Expendables 3. No, it's perfect casting. <laughs> it's per- Mate, what about the hit series Frasier doesn't scream action hero? Ben Affleck, Daredevil. I would have gone Colin Farrell as uh, Bullseye because it's like, what about you as Bullseye? I've got an Irish accent and I'm going to overact as shit. Yeah, but he throws darts in a pub in that film. So he's, he's Irish. I'm just saying, do you know who would have done a better job in that role? Philip Seymour Hoffman. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> that would have been fucking epic. Yeah, in the right time as well. <laughs> Tom Holland. But the other one is, um, never forget Josh Hartner in Blow Dry. The movie about a Yorkshire hairdresser going to the finals. And they went, who do we need to play a Yorkshire hairdresser? Josh Hartner. Mate, I don't think there's... Do you know what? I don't... I can't beat that. I've only got one left. Um, ben Platt played Evan Hansen in the film Dear Evan Hansen and yeah. why did they pick Ben Platt well Ben Platt was, is, is, is a star on the on this Broadway you know I believe he's he helped write it I could be wrong Esther's the musical genius he's brilliant it's about this heart harrowing story about the suicide of a young man and he's mistaken for his best friend so his family latched onto him and he makes up stories about how great this person is and it's set in high school it's brilliant Ben Platt's a 50 year old man when he's in this <laughs> film and it doesn't make any sense like this bloke is as old as Amy Adams who's playing the suicide son's mom, and you're like it's a, he's not 50 he's quite clearly in his 30s though for some reason they've given him and I've seen a picture of Ben Platt now and he looks older in the film when he's supposed to be playing younger it's Ben Platt he's the worst casting ever and it's terrible. It's, yeah. it's like, why is this 30-year-old man singing about teenage suicide? It's weird. It's like Stranger Things now, isn't it? It's like, how, how old are we how supposed are to believe do that, that these yeah. are like, <laughs> <laughs> they're still like 15? I mean, if you're gonna, if we're talking about terrible casting, to cast to Greece, because you'd be like, why is this middle-aged family in this school? <laughs> Never forget that the car takes off at the end of Greece. Never forget. What, if you were in the cinemas watching that when it first came out, you'd be like, okay, all right, Vi- I get past this. I can see it. T-Birds, yeah. it's fine. Yeah, good. Flying car. What I love about that, what I, what I do love about the Greece, it's got a really nice method, which is if the guy of your dreams won't change for you, you change for him, 100%. Give up college, wear leather, fly in, <laughs> fly on Chi Chi Bang Bang, presumably. Fuck our kids. Fucking hell, there's films, like, there's no build-up to it. Mm. They don't go like, Grease Lightning could fly. The song's not like, go Grease Lightning to space. <laughs> because you could. Grease free in space. Because there yeah. is a Grease 2. Never I know. forget. Michelle Pfeiffer, never forget. Grease free in space. <laughs> Can we just say how problematic Grease is? Like, did she put up a fight? Like, fucking hell. Jesus Christ. Yeah, that's Christ. a big thing nowadays, isn't it? Like, people pulling on that. Jesus Christ. Um, yeah. Let us know in the, in the uh, what you think is the, the let us know what you think is wrong with Greece or Greece. The best miscasting opportunities, or just you know it, what you want is that moment in a, in the cinema where you're like, "Fuck off!" <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, like someone coming in. We've done some glaring stuff. Like, I'd even say that fucking the guy who played Robin in the, in the two films, like, no, no, uh, Chris O'Donnell. Yeah, mm. that, that doesn't work. I mean, Why you should actually have a boy? Because that would make more sense. Because the thing is, I don't blame the actors because a lot of them, they, you know, again, go back to the Hayden Christensen. Why would you not take that role? You get to play Darth Vader. Who gives a shit what the script says? You're exactly. taking that role. You know, um, but but I think in other scenarios, like I think some of the people, like if, if you were George Clooney and you were cast as Batman first, you'd be like, fucking, yeah, let's do yeah. this. I've got some issues, Joel, with that third one, but I think we could pull it back around. Who's the villain? So I like, oh, no. Yeah. No. Let's have a look at the script. Oh, I've already signed up now. How how many puns is it? Is it six puns per minute? Yeah. <laughs> That's one every ten seconds. That's too many puns. So I yeah. I also, I never. I don't. We're not talking about it. But you know, Batman and Robin starts off 
starts off with a crime already in progress. So they meet within the first 10 seconds and the first thing they do is do puns at each other. And also, before you meet him, the bad guys are playing ice hockey with the diamond. The diamond that he needs to power his suit. Oh, yeah. Because he's decided to power his suit on one of the most rarest minerals in the fucking world. It's like, it's like, it's like this suit needs adamantium. <laughs> <laughs> it's like unobtainium. <laughs> fucking dumb as shit. Sorry. I, also, I... I one just I completely forgot that Christian Slater played Winston Churchill. Never forget Neve Campbell in the same film played Queen Elizabeth. Never I suppose, forget. I suppose World Leaders is another one, isn't it? It's, it's the amount of people that play presidents. So you're like, really? Like that's the president? There's one guy called Bruce Bruce Greenwood. You'll remember him as playing the president in National Treasure Two. Yeah, yeah. He only plays the president. Like if you need a president, you're like, where is Bruce Greenwood's number? Because I don't know. Oh, Bruce, could he you be the president? Very presidential. He does. Aaron Eckhart was very good president in um, the Olympus Ford movie. He was. And what I like, they res- he respected. Like, they asked him to come back for the third one. He's like, no, because my terms would have run out by then, mm. so oh, I God. won't return. Just so, so true to the character. He's so true. He's Do you know like, what as well? When he lives and breathes him, it. They didn't cast him. They cast his chin. Because that's America's chin. Aaron Eckhart is very pronounced chin. I feel like John Hamm, I'm amazed he hasn't been cast as Batman on his chin alone. He's like, Batman's yeah. chin. <laughs> yeah, he never needs to take the cowl off. You just feel like, will someone else complete Batman? Mm. We just want that chin. Can we superimpose it on anything? Oh. Well, that's our film. That's our that's film a, podcast for this week, ladies and gentlemen. I hope you enjoyed it. If you like it, leave a review. If you listen on uh, Spotify, Amazon, Podbean, Podcaster, whatever it is, just quickly find that little review button. Give it the five stars. Leave us a little review. Tell your friends, tell your nan, tell your neighbour, tell anyone at the bus stop. That's our show for this week. If you don't see you there, good afternoon, good evening, good night. Goodbye.
That's so weird. 